This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Lucifer, the son of the morning, Lucifer, the angel Lucifer, is now Satan, the angel of light, was discovered for amassing a group of angels in a rebellion to overthrow God. It was Jesus Christ who was from the beginning when Satan was cast out of heaven to suffer in hell for eternity. Jesus Christ is experiencing Satan who through these men are are, are now in front of that same eternal God that cast Satan out. And now Satan has the Son of God in the grip of those men And what does Satan do? Satan directs those men, strike his face, strike his mouth, slap his mouth. Satan is after the mouth of Jesus Christ, just like Will Smith with Chris Rock. Satan is after the mouth of Jesus Christ. And that's why Satan directs these men as his pawns slap the mouth of Jesus Christ. Why? because we can hear that mouth of Jesus Christ making the final pronouncement against Satan when Satan heard these words in Isaiah 14, verse nine. Isaiah 14, verse nine. Hell from beneath, this is spoken to Satan. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which doth weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So now Satan, controlling these men, is saying to Christ, did you speak from that mouth? The words that I heard, hell from beneath, is moved to meet thee. At thy coming, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, 
O Lucifer, some of the morning, how art thou cast down to the ground? Are you the one who said, thou shalt be brought down to hell? Now with the fury of hell, I will see that mouth slapped over and over again. Just like Will Smith slapped the mouth of Chris Rock. And so we read in verse 67, verse 67, others smote him with the palms of their hands. But there was also coming a third group, a third group that also joined in this beating of the head of Jesus Christ. Because in addition to the spitters, in addition to the slappers of the Sanhedrin, Christ will now be led away and his face will be in front of another group of beaters, and they will be the Roman soldiers. And it will be the Roman soldiers who, again, under the control of Satan, and they will, in Mark 15, 19, Mark 15, 19, they smote him on the head with a reed, and it spit upon him. So the Roman soldiers now are hitting the head and the cheeks of Jesus Christ with rods. And when they did that, they were fulfilling a prophecy in Micah 5.1. Micah 5.1. Micah 5.1 says, they shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon his cheeks. Jesus Christ is the great judge of Israel, of the world. And he now... He will be in Mark soon, Mark 15, 19. He will be soon struck with a rod on his cheek. And that scene of Jesus Christ being struck on the cheek with a rod was clearly seen by Jesus Christ before he came to earth in heaven. And that scene of him being beaten on the cheek with a rod Clear in his sight, he makes an announcement. And it's an announcement about, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Micah 5, 1, put together with Micah 5, 2. Micah 5, 1 and 2 reads like this. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops, for he hath laid siege unto, uh, against us, they shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon his cheek. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So Christ, as God the Son, he saw Satan. He saw Satan's troops gathered against Israel. Micah 5.1, Micah 5.1, now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. Christ, as God the Son, saw that the only deliverance for Israel and the world would have to be Christ coming to earth to be beaten on the cheek with a rod. Micah 5.1, Micah 5.1, they shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon his cheek. Christ, seeing all of this in heaven and knowing all that was going to cost Christ, Christ still said, let the proclamation be made of my coming. Let it sound loudly. And that proclamation is the next verse, Micah 5.2. But thou, 
at Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, there's be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been of old from everlasting. That's the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas is a celebration of even though, even though. Micah 5, 1 and 2 are the Christmas verses of even though. Even though it meant that Christ would be beaten on the cheek with a rod, he, as the Ancient of Days, still decided to enter earth in Bethlehem. And that Christmas verse also gives us a very important outcome of Christmas, outcome. Christmas is not just Christ's entrance into Bethlehem, even though he saw that he was gonna be the great judge that was beaten with a rod on his cheek. Christmas is also Micah 5.2, Micah 5.2, but Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though there be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. Christmas is also shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. In addition to he came to be beaten with a rod on his cheek, Christmas is also he shall come forth to be ruler in Israel. Christmas is also Matthew 27, 35, Matthew 27, 35, they crucified him, set up over his head his accusation written, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Christmas is also Jesus Christ came to earth to die for sins, but Christmas is also Jesus Christ came to be the King of the Jews. And this is also a part of the Christmas message that Peter proclaimed in Acts 2.36, Acts 2.36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ and the Messiah. They were spitting them, spitting at that time, the Romans, on the body of Jesus Christ, but they also focused on the head. A lot of focus on the head of Christ. They beat his head with the reeds in their hand. Now, why is there all this focus and why is there all this interest on the head of Jesus Christ? Why was there all the abuse on the head of Jesus Christ with the spittings and the slappings and the beating of the rods on his head? Because Satan hates the head of Jesus Christ. Why? Because from the eyes, in the head of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ saw the need of the sick of the body, and from the eyes in the head of Jesus Christ, he saw the, those who were alienated from God. And it was from the ears in the head of, the, of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ heard the cries for help from the sick and from the lost souls, and the cries for help from the crippled and diseased bodies. And from the mouth in the head of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ spoke healing words to those who were sick in their body. And it was from the mouth in the head of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ spoke words of forgiveness of sins, restoration with God. And from that mouth in the head of Jesus Christ, he called the dead back to life again, robbing Satan of the dead. All those sick bodies, all those lost souls, all those dead, all the sick, all the lost, all the dead, from the head 
of Jesus Christ. But all those sick and all those lost and all those dead, those were the work of Satan. That was Satan's work. And from that head of Jesus Christ, the works of Satan were undone. As Jesus Christ saw and heard the works of Satan and then reversed it with the healings. And now Satan is allowed to vent his complete anger and rage on that head, on that head of Jesus Christ. And that's why there's so much focus on the dishonoring and the beating of the head of Jesus Christ. So much, oh sacred head now wounded, with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns thine only crown. How art thou pale with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn? How does that visage languish, which once was bright as morn? See, in verse 67, it was, O sacred head now wounded. It was, O sacred ears now wounded. It was, O sacred eyes now wounded. It was, O sacred mouth now wounded. It was, O sacred Savior now wounded. And as they beat the head of Christ, they could not even bear to look at his face that was covered in spit and blood because Isaiah 53, verse 3, Isaiah 53, verse 3 said, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised, we esteemed him not. But oh, the wonder of what was happening during those spittings and beatings. It was the next verse, Isaiah 53, 4, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. All his griefs, all his sorrows, all that shame during that abuse on his head were all being applied for our benefit as we, the undeserving, received all that was due us that the deserving, I didn't say it right, he, the undeserving, received all that was due us, the deserving. And the end result of all of his griefs and his sorrows and his shame was one word, healing, healing. Isaiah 53, 5, Isaiah 53, 5. With the stripes, we're healed. See, with each heave of spit on his face, with each slap of hand on his face, with each strike of rod on his face, we got healed. We were healed from the grief and the sorrow and the shame of our sins. We deserved all that treatment. He didn't deserve that treatment, but he, as the undeserving, accepted all that treatment so that we, as the deserving, would be spared all that treatment. So when we read these verses, we can see the, the full hatred against Jesus Christ. And that's amazing to us, even so, because we say, we see all this hatred, you say, why? What did he ever do to warrant all this hatred? 
What did he do? Was it because he relieved the suffering of those who were so crippled over they couldn't stand? What Was it because he took the terror of people out of them when he delivered them from the demons of hell that were possessing them? Was it because he relieved the hungry when those said, I'd rather be closer to Jesus rather than to eat? Was it because he took away the fear and terror of the unforgiven when he forgave all their sins? Was it because he gave to the restless and the troubled soul a peace that carried them right through to heaven? Was it because he gave to the lost and the wandering a real purpose and function in life with a fulfillment and a satisfaction they never had before? Was it because he gave to the blind sight they could see again? Was it because he gave to the lepers restoration of their skin and their organs and their bodies? Was it because he gave life to the dead again? Was it because he relieved the weary from the oppression when he rebuked the devil that was tormenting them? See, the whole life of Jesus Christ was all summed up in Acts 10.38, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus with, of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God was with him. So why'd they do that? Why did they do all that to him? What crime did he commit other than just tell the truth that he was, he was sent by God the Father and that he was God the Son? When we look at the sufferings of Christ in detail like we've been doing and see all that he suffered, we come to the same conclusion that Pilate came to, that the Roman soldier came to, John 19.4, John 19.4, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto him, behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. And the Roman soldier in Luke 23.47, Luke 23.47, now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. So with all this suffering, all this torture, there was no confession of sin that came out of Jesus Christ because he was, Hebrews 14, Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 4.15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was all in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Because all that everyone ever saw in Jesus Christ, no confession under the torture for the suffering, but what they saw was 1 Peter 1.18, 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot, without blemish. All everyone ever saw in this beating was 1 Peter 1.18. They saw a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's all they saw. They saw what Judas Iscariot said about the blood of Jesus Christ in Matthew 27.4, Matthew 27.4, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. That's all, that's all everyone ever saw who witnessed the sufferings of Jesus Christ, they saw innocent blood. That's what Judas Iscariot called it, innocent blood. Jesus Christ was innocent 
and the punishment did not match the crime because there was no crime. But the punishment did match the crime. The punishment matched the crime because we are the guilty. We had the crimes of our own sins. We're the true criminals. And Jesus Christ was punished for our crimes. And Jesus Christ was punished for our sins. And therefore, the punishment did match the crime because the punishment that Jesus Christ received was the just punishment for our sins. We deserved all that. We deserved all that punishment. And that's why salvation all comes down to Hosea 5, Hosea 5.3, Hosea 5.3. God says, I know Ephraim in Israel is not hid from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou committest whoredom and Israel is defiled. They will not frame their doings to turn unto their God. For the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them. They have not known the Lord. The pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. In those verses, God is saying that Ephraim and Israel is not hid from him. He sees it all. He saw their sins, especially the sexual sins. He calls them whoredom and the spirit of whoredoms. And God said that because they were not willing to separate themselves from their sexual sins, God said in Hosea 5.4, Hosea 5.4, the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of thee. They've not known the Lord. Their persistence to not separate from sexual sins it blocks any person from knowing the Lord. There's only one reason that a person will not separate himself from his sins, especially sexual sins. Hosea 5.5, 5, Hosea 5.5, 5, the pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. And what pride does to any person is it blocks him from Hosea 5.4. Hosea 5.4, they will not frame their doings to turn unto their God. That means they won't look at their life and put a big frame around it and say, sin. They will not frame their life and say, you're looking at a dirty, rotten sinner. That means that pride blocks them from looking at what they are thinking about and they will not say, Proverbs 24, 9, Proverbs 24, 9, the thought of foolishness is sin. Sin blocks a person from saying, what I'm thinking about is dirty. It's dirty, rotten sins. My thoughts make me a dirty, rotten sinner, as in Matthew 5, 28. Matthew 5, 28, I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart hath committed dirty, rotten, sinful adultery. The thought of sex outside of marriage does not bring a frown, it brings a smile. Jokes about sex outside of marriage doesn't bring grief, it brings chuckles. And that's what it means, Hosea 5.4, Hosea 5.4, they will not frame their doings to turn unto their God. It all comes down to how the sufferings of Christ are viewed. For the soul that will not, Hosea 5.4, frame his doings and turn to God, the sufferings of Christ come down to, poor fellow, 
poor fellow. But for the sufferings, for the sufferings of Christ, for the soul that will do Hosea 5.4, frame his doings and turn to God, the sufferings of Christ all come down to the punishment that Christ received matches my crime for sin. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our Savior. Lord, we're just, just really begin to see what it really means Christ died for our sins. But what we see, we're so grateful to you for. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.